are in pain, then how do we see the world? We see it through the lens of our pain. If we are really angry, how do we see the world? We see it through the lens of our anger. If we feel that we are inadequate, how do we see our, the world? It, we see the, the, through our own inadequacy. And so we don't really see the world the way that the world truly is. But what Jesus is doing is beginning to change that. Now Jesus is during this season, it's, it's a hard thing. I think a lot about how to preach Advent, how to preach Christmas. It's, it's a difficult little adventure. Um, maybe you've experienced this before when you go to preach in your churches and, and you develop sermons. But like, you all come to church because we want to feel good, right? We want to feel good about Christmas, especially in Christmas. We want to feel good. We want to feel the coziness. We want to feel the love, the joy, and, and yes. And so how do we understand it, Christmas as that? But also understand that Advent can't be understood without understanding that Jesus is bringing a revolution to the world. A complete upheaval of everything that was. A system, a way, a kingdom that will bring down the powerful, not to crush them, but so that the, the poor can be raised up. Like Jesus is creating this kingdom of God of equality, of hope, of mercy, of joy. But, but it's, not, it's not just a joy that is like, oh, I feel good about life. It is a joy that like, it's this sort of joy of if you were living in a conquered, if you were living in occupied France and the Germans were occupying France and there comes a liberating army to say, we're going to free you. That's the sort of joy that we're talking about here. Like, oh my, yes, we're going to be free. We're going to be free from this occupying force. Yes, praise God. We have prayed for this for generations and finally God has heard our prayers. I mean, this is what, this is Mary's prayer. This is what Advent is about. Like God is coming to establish righteousness on the earth because we have been suffering and waiting and hoping, but God is on the move. God is doing something new and God is going to set us free because God is going to release us from our captors. This sort of joy is the joy of Christmas. Now, so we have to combine that. And we have to mix that with this sort of joy, with the joy that is, you know, what we want is like, we want to feel good about Christmas. We want those feel-good feelings. Like, yes, I feel good. Like, like last night, I was at a restaurant, and I was like, well, I'll leave them a little bit extra tip because it's Christmas, right? And, and like, we, we want to feel good about ourselves. We want to do good things. So combining these two together. Now, I don't know if I can do that today. Um, and this is, a, this is a strange sort of text to even try to do that. But here we are. We find ourselves here in Matthew 3. It says this. This is our text. In those days, John the Baptist came, preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. Now, now we, we hear that as a kind of, sort of like a negative, right? Anytime we hear, hear the word repent, we hear sort of fire and brimstone or um, that preacher on TV that, that is telling us, again, how bad we are. But John the Baptist here is giving an invitation. An invitation into a different sort of world. An invitation into a different sort of understanding of the world. Not one based on hierarchy. Not one based on patriarchy. Not one based on oppression or division or war or violence. But a, but a, but a kingdom based in grace and love and mercy and equality. Like, so, so this repentance is stop giving yourself to this kingdom of violence and give yourself to this new kingdom of God where 
He is vanquishing violence and destroying death. Give yourself to that. Repent. Come over here. Play on this team. Repent. That's what repentance is. This is what was spoken in the prophet Isaiah. A voice is one calling in the wilderness. John's clothes were made of camel's hair, and he had a leather belt around his waist. His food was locusts and wild honey, right? So he was a wilderness guy. What is this saying to us? He's, this is saying to us, he's not part of the dominant system. You can't control this guy. You, you, you can't buy him off. Like, he is playing by his own tune. He's playing by God's tune. People went out to him from Jerusalem and all of Judea and the whole region of the Jordan, confessing their sins. They were baptized by him in the Jordan River, saying, I want to be part of this new kingdom that God is unleashing. And when many of the Pharisees and Sadducees came to where he was baptizing them. So here are the religious leaders. Here are the religious elite, the ones in control of society. They're coming out too. And what would you think? You think John would be like, yes, come on, y'all. No. He said to them, you brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the coming wrath? Who warned you? Tell me, why are you here? Who told you about this? What are you doing? Like, Maybe he was right in this, right? Because if there was a certain group of people who were oppressing the people for generations and generations, and all of a sudden they come out to kind of see what's going on, to like be part of this too, we all would be like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. What's your motivation here? You all have caused this problem. You are the reason that we need a different sort of kingdom. God gave you every chance to do this on your own, but you have not. And now that you see that there's coming something new, now you want to be a part of this? Like, whoa, wait a minute. You are vipers because you're full of venom. And you've been poisoning the people here and there and there. And everyone is living in this toxic environment because of you. Because of you. It's hard. He says, produce fruit in keeping with repentance. And do you not think you can say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our fathers? I tell you that one of these stones God can raise up children of Abraham. The axe is already at the root of the trees, and every tree that does not produce good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. John says, I baptize you with water, with repentance, but after me comes one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing hook, his fork is in his hand. He will clear his threshing floor, gathering his wheat into the barn and burning up the chaff with unquenchable fire. Now, I was thinking this week, I was thinking about chaff. This, this just struck me here of like, what is chaff? I don't know. I didn't know either. I didn't know what chaff was. I'm not a farmer. I don't deal with wheat. But apparently, chaff is like the protective, hard, outer coating on a wheat grain. And so when you, in order to get to the wheat, you've got to get rid of the chaff. So we hear this verse like that, God is coming to burn up the chaff with an unquenchable fire. And immediately we think that, well, God is going to judge us and God is going to send the evil ones to hell and in this fire and brimstone. Like, wait, 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 wait a minute. Let's, let's, let's think this through. If you, were, if you were a farmer, if you were really gathering wheat, what would be your goal? Your goal is to get the chaff off because the chaff is no good. It's bleh. No one wants to eat it. It's hard. It's, it's like get the chaff off to get to the fruit that's inside. And then once you get the chaff off, well, you don't need it, do you? Like, get rid of it. Get rid of it. Throw it away. Burn it up. Like it's no good anymore. It's just good for fertilizer. Now, I was thinking about this and thinking like, so where are we? And, and, and I went to get some nuts in the store and um, 
it's always interesting to me, like, this time of year, you can buy nuts everywhere, right? Like, whole nuts, like almonds that are, you know, like, y'all know, right, that um, you can buy these already peeled in the next aisle over, and um, I don't understand, but my grandfather always used to get nuts this time of year, and he used to break them, and like, you know, I, I, what's the deal? I, I don't know. What's the deal with, with nuts that you have to crack at Christmas? Um, it's a thing, though. It's a thing. So, like, um, imagine if Jesus was preaching today, or John the Baptist, and like, um, here, this is chaff, right? I mean, this is, the, this is the equivalent to chaff, is the shell of an almond, right? Is, that's basically chaff. What do you do with that? You don't want it. You throw it away. But, like, what's good about it? What's good about it is the almond inside, and this unsalted um, raw almond is, I tell you, the ones in the package are much better, but anyway... <clears throat> To go along with my sermon illustration, like this is the wheat, right? This is the fruit that we want is inside. But, but how often do we as people deal with each other on our chaff level, so to speak, right? Um, like we have this beautiful fruit inside of us all, but we, we, um, we see each other as our chaff. We see the very worst things about ourselves, don't we? And we see the very worst things about each other. We see our protective outer shells of one another. Like, like these things have served a purpose, but they're not who we are, are they? They're not the best thing about us. And so what do we do in life? What do we do? When we interact with somebody, we say, boy, your shell sure is ugly. <laughs> don't we? I mean, and I don't mean that in the sense of, like, I mean that like metaphorically, but, but like you're not, you're not a very great person. You are ugly. You are not the right sexuality. You are not the right gender. You are not the right race. You are not. You are not. And so what we do is we see other people as we are because we see ultimately our chaff as well, don't we? We judge people through the lens of our own chaff, our own inadequacies, our own fears, our own failures, and we do this to each other all the time. So you've got, some, you've, you've got this shell, and we're like, you know, your shell's ugly. Your shell's awful. How'd you end up in this situation? Your shell is ugly. But what we should be seeing is the fruit that is inside ourselves, shouldn't we? Shouldn't we be seeing that and judging each other on that? Because this is the good stuff. Like, like inside, is this a hazelnut, by the way? Is this a hazelnut? Is this a hazelnut? Is it anybody? This little one? Is it a hazelnut? Okay, it's a what? Okay, okay, great. Hazelnut. So, I'm not a nut connoisseur, obviously. Gosh, they're hard to crack. And so here inside is what we want. Here inside is what we should be judging each other on. Here inside is the good thing, the very good thing that we, every single one of us has this inside of us, don't we? Every single person has that beautiful fruit inside of themselves, has that beautiful life, that beautiful goodness, that beautiful grace, that beautiful thing that is unique about themselves that nobody else in the world has. You have that. You have that. And you have that. And you have that. All of us have that inside of ourselves. But what we do in life, right, is we deal with each other on the chaff level, 
all the time. And so in this sort of chaff level, we end up biting each other. We end up like snakes as well, biting each other and hurting each other. And so we live in this toxicity of life all the time. And so maybe for us, maybe we have the same warning here today in this season of Advent, in this season, this space of Christ's coming. Maybe for us too, we need to hear the words of John the Baptist. Why are we coming out here to this river? Maybe in some ways that we have been part of making this not a great system. Maybe we have been part of, of, of hurting other people, of dealing with each other on a chaff sword of level maybe we need to be set free as well here today to not tear people down but to lift people up what is joy i think joy this this second week of the advent where we celebrate joy i think joy is this deep delight isn't it it's this deep delight in each other It's this ability to see the very best of the other person, to see that they are valuable and good and worthy and beautiful and that God wants them to be part of this unfolding kingdom that God is unleashing on the world, that they have a right, they have a place, they they have a place at this table. Not because of their chaff, but because of what's inside, the almond, the hazelnut, the fruit, the wheat inside. That is what makes them Good. So in Jesus' time, the Pharisees, what the Pharisees were doing is they were convincing everybody that wasn't rich or wealthy or in the elite society that you weren't in the elite society because you were some, something happened to you. You're wrong in some way. You're poor because you didn't work hard enough. You're poor because God doesn't bless you. We're rich because God blessed us, but you're poor because you've messed up in life somewhere else. I mean, I'm glad we don't do this anymore. But back in the day, that's how the Pharisees treated those who were not rich and wealthy. And so what they were doing is they were discouraging people. They were tearing people down and then presenting the solution to their problem by saying, well, if you come to us, we will bless you. If you come to us and make sacrifices and give us some of your money, then you can be in on this too. Just like the video. You see, what that video was doing is nothing new. It's the same old trick. It's the same old horse and pony show. The same old traveling salesman. The snake oil salesman. To say, you're in your situation because you did something wrong. Because you're inadequate. Because you broke something. But let me tell you the good news. If you realize how bad you are and realize how broken you are and realize what a scoundrel you are and come and buy my product over here that I'm selling you, then you can be better. Your life can be better. That video is Pharisees and Sadducees. And John the Baptist would say to them, what are you doing here in this new movement of God? Because you are pushing toxins on people's lives. You are bringing them down and crushing them and presenting yourself as the solution. You see, what Jesus did is he went and he ate with people who had been downtrodden. He said, blessed are the poor, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are you when people tell you that God doesn't love you because you are inadequate. Your reward is coming. Hold on. 
But he said, for you who are rich, woe are you who are rich. Woe are you who have your comfort now, because you're receiving your blessing now. Maybe we need to do what Jesus was doing, is to create a revolution to help us understand that God loves us just as we are. That God loves us just as we are. That there's no magic prayer to be prayed. That there's no magic formula to be done. That to get God to love you any more than God already loves you. God, today, God loves you just as you are. You are beautiful just as you are. God, you are God's child just as you are. God does not see your chaff. God sees the beauty that is inside of you. And the only way for us to create this sort of revolution that Jesus is doing, you see what Jesus' ministry did all throughout, Jesus was creating this revolution, but the first step in that revolution of, of bringing God's kingdom to earth was to help people understand that you can be part of God's kingdom on earth right now. You're forgiven. You're blessed. You're good. You're beautiful. Now you can be part of it. And I think like this is, this is joy, right? Imagine if for your whole life you've been told you're not good enough. You're a liar. You're a thief. You're an adulterer. You're miserable. You're a wretch. Imagine if you've been told that your whole life and there's like you tried and tried and tried and you can't get out of that no matter what because you're stuck in that mode, in the social mode. And imagine here's this young rabbi who comes to you and says, come here and dine at my table. And in dining at my table saying, you're forgiven. You don't have to do anything. You're just forgiven because I love you. You're forgiven because I see you. You're forgiven because I considered you blessed. You're forgiven. I don't need to know your backstory. I don't need to know what you did. I don't need to know what you're thinking about. I don't need to know those things. Jesus is just saying, I forgive you. Because you're human and you're God's child. I forgive you. And not only do I forgive you, now I'm inviting you to be part of God's revolutionary act of bringing God's kingdom to earth now. You are not only forgiven, but you are the ones that God will work through to bring redemption to the world around you. Yes! That, isn't, that, isn't that the sort of joy that we want in this season? For those who have been told all their life that they are no good, that, that like we are the ones that say, wait, 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 you're forgiven. God loves you, and you can be part of God's unfolding movement right here, right now. You can be part of it. You are, you are a key actor. You're the centerpiece of what God is doing to bring hope and reconciliation and, and, and life to the world around you. You are part of this. So how do we, what, what do we do? What do we do? I think there's two steps to live in this joy, in this delight, in this Advent season. Number one is to help people see their own goodness, right? That's how you can help to bring joy in this world. Joy to the world. You can bring joy by helping other people see their goodness, by helping other people see the fruit, the beauty, the blessing that is inside of them. Don't don't show people their chaff. We already know it. Everybody knows it. We all know what our chaff looks like. But not many people, so many people lack the view of what their fruit looks like. You can be ones in this life to help show people their goodness. You can look deep inside of them and say, you know what I love about you. You know what is beautiful about you. You know what is good. And then... The second step to bring joy this, this Christmas 
is to help others use that goodness for the work of God's kingdom. Not only is there beauty inside of you, but there's such beauty that God wants to use it to bring about beauty in the rest of the world. God wants to use your beauty to create more beauty. God wants to use your goodness to create more goodness because there is a revolution unfolding and you are part of that. I know Christianity has been around for a while and we have lost our sort of edge in some ways, right? We've lost that edge because we've given ourselves to empire. We've given ourselves to the good life. We've given ourselves to many things. And so we come to church to sort of add on Christianity to our already good things that we have in life. But it started off, y'all, in a manger or a cave or, or just something outside of town with a teenage virgin girl. And they were giving birth to the Messiah of the world, to the King of kings and to the Lord of lords, outside of everything, not in the halls of glory, not in the powers that be, not in the, and not in the palace, not with wealth, but with animals in a manger. And we laid him in a feeding trough and wrapped him up with just some random pieces of cloth that we had because we didn't have any money. That's where it started. This is where that movement that we are now all part of started. And it has continued because of God's grace. We've gone, we've gone you know, we always haven't been what we needed to be. But God always is giving us this opportunity to say, I'm not done with you yet. Come on, understand what God is doing here. And today, we're being invited in that too. We're being invited into the story of the joy of liberation. We are being invited into the story of seeing an alternative future than we have been told. We are being invited into a story that can and will and has and will continue to change the world. Because there's not many other things that will look deep down inside of you and see your beauty and use that beauty to bring beauty to the world around you. This Christmas, this Advent season, as we are waiting for this revolution to unfold, let us be part of the revolution that is unfolding. Let's see people at their best. Let's see the very goodness that people carry about themselves. Let's not be like a, a viper's, what do you call a flock of snakes? I don't know, is it a brood? I guess it is a brood, right? I have no idea. <laughs> But I did, I did, what was it? Some, what was it? I don't know where I heard this. Was it a cartoon? Like a herd of unicorn is called a blessing? Did you know that? I didn't know that until like the other day. Maybe that's how we need to be. Maybe we need to be a blessing, right? A herd of wonderfully magical creatures <laughs> that bring goodness to the world <laughs> because we can see each other for the best of who we are. Not the worst of who we are. This Christmas, who do you need to see? Like deeply see? Who do you need to acknowledge? Who do you? Who have you just been looking at and you're just being seeing chaff everywhere? 
I don't like this about you, and I don't like this about you, and I don't like this about you, and I don't like that about you, and you know what? You're no good at that, and you're a terrible person, and like you're never good, and God doesn't love you, and you know what? I don't want to be around you anymore, and like, ah, this is what we do, don't we? We just throw our chaff around. We throw our chaff around. Maybe we need to see the beauty of our fruit. You know what I love about you? Is how you encourage other people. Oh, sorry, you're supposed to catch that. (laughs) We didn't rehearse that, did we? (laughs) I love how you bring life to other people. I love how you see the best. You know what? I love that that talent that you have that you use to bring blessing to the world. This Christmas, how can you see people's fruits? How can you see your own fruit and use that for the benefit of God's kingdom around you? Do that and you will experience the joy of Christmas. Let's pray together.